0: The Antidote is speaking with David Stagg, Editor-in-Chief and CEO of HM Magazine. David, thanks for sitting down with The Antidote.
1: Absolutely, it's my pleasure.
0: Can you fill our listeners in as to what the focus of HM Magazine is?
1: Well, as of lately, we have a mission statement written out, but it's a little boring for radio, but the best way to describe it is um, we aim to cover metal and alternative culture as accurately as possible, From a faith-based perspective so we cover all sorts of things that i would call left of center like indie alternative hip-hop punk rock metalcore grindcore death metal you name it any of the cores um, anything that you can find uh, we'll cover as long as it's worthy of covering since i've taken over in march or so from former editor doug van pelt i've done nothing but try to uphold what he built Uh, He's a good friend of mine, and I really value his input, and he still offers uh, suggestions and um, asks questions and comments on everything we do to this day, and uh, I just hope that I can do it justice. I mean, he kept it around for 28 years, and there's something to be said for that, so hopefully I can do do him some some kind of justice in keeping the name going, but our main focus is to cover and portray the metal world, the left of center world, the alternative world accurately from a faith-based perspective.
0: That must be tough shoes to fill after Doug, as you said, being in charge for 28 years. You finding that intimidating for him?
1: <laughs> well, he left a good trail, so I, I'm just picking up where he left off. He's made a lot of friends in the industry, and he's done a lot of good work. Uh, when the magazine first started, he was the only one doing anything of the sort. So it's very, um, it was very new. It was something that nobody had ever heard of before. Um, it's just like when those early Christian metal bands started to come out, like Tourniquet and Striper, that he started to cover them. He knew he wanted to be a part of that, and he did a wonderful job for 28 years, and then his time had come, and he had passed on the torch, and hopefully I can do the same thing. I would be blessed beyond belief if I can do it for another 28 years, man. That would be incredible.
0: So tell us really who David Stag is and why you decided to take on the role as head man at HM Magazine.
1: Well, I would. <laughs> who would turn it down, right? I mean, uh, it's a great job to have. I actually interned for Doug about 10 years ago, um, the summer between my junior and senior years in college, and I was studying to be a filmmaker, and that's what my degree is in to this day, but at the same time, I I didn't find it very fulfilling because the industry is pretty cutthroat, and you kind of had to step on people to get to where you wanted to go, and it's just not what I kind of wanted to do with my life, so one of my friends had interned at HM before, and I had read it, so um, I got an internship with him, and he he asked me if i wanted to stay on after my internship was over and i was more than happy to do so and so i did uh, did a bunch of writing and album reviews from houston from columbia from new york city from the places that i was living at the time uh, of course hm was based out of austin texas i stuck around for a long enough time and then but in february of 2012 i had started my own business doing website design and development and it allowed me to the freedom to move kind of with any ebb and flow that i wanted which was very nice, but it also set the stage for when Doug was ready to sell the magazine that not only had I worked for him for 10 years and that we were friends, but that I would have the bandwidth to, the bandwidth and the skill to step in and um, man the ship. So it really is a God breathed tale um, for things to work out that the way they have. And uh, I, I've always loved magazines. I was the editor in chief of my college magazine um at the university of south carolina but i never thought that it would uh, pan out to be a full-time job so i still do website design and development but at the same time i also make sure that every month we're getting a good dose of metal
0: you know where your roots are
1: i'll never forget my roots that's right i don't care if you guys come to my office there's still a lot of people in there that don't like metal but i force them to listen to it and one day i'm going to convert them
0: well, you talked about the early days of Christian rock music, you know, with bands like Troniket Striper. Christian music had a fairly narrow range in focus at that point. Much has changed since then. So what do you see for the future for faith-based artists?
1: I Well, our industry is odd in, in that Christians and faith-based and, um, you know, religious metalheads kind of blazed a trail when it came to metalcore. So if you think about the way that metal started back in the day, Christians seem to take that and regurgitate it like we always do into something that, um, you know, we we always write music, poetry, create. People have been doing that for centuries from their beliefs, and just like anybody else with a belief, Christians started to do the same thing with their music and with metal. But something weird happened uh, late 1990s, early 2000s, as metal seemed to shift and give way to emo and metalcore, in that some of the best music that was coming out was actually put out by Christians. And then that kind of changed the industry altogether in that a lot of the secular bands that were going on tour, um, they wanted to have these Christians come be on their tours, or they wanted to go tour with some of the Christian artists because those guys were the ones that were blazing the trail. So to answer your question in the future, I see Christians and faith-based artists continuing to blaze trails. I mean, they have an open window now. I mean, uh, tattoos are an accepted part of society, whereas that used to be a controversial thing for a Christian to have. And that whole culture seemed to have been embraced both secular and non-secular music as long as the music's good music um, and uh, people will listen to it. Uh, so I, I think that there will be equal parts um, trailblazing from Christians and equal parts crap. I mean, they're going to put out exactly what the person before them Put out, And I think that that's perfectly normal in um, in the world of art and the world of creation where, you know, you just get a bunch of ripoffs of people who have done the same thing before. That's always going to exist. So I, I think those barriers that have been set up between, uh, at least in our world, those barriers that have been set up between Christians and
0: non-Christians seem to come down. That is true. And that is happening to a greater degree all the time. A little bit of an offshoot of that same topic. Many people consider the popularity of an artist as a sign of their artistic merit. uh uh-huh. yeah. But what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um, well, I mean, I don't grade dinner the same way I grade dessert. So if I like ice cream, doesn't mean I'm going to say it's better than that steak. I think there's different flavors. Um, you know, you don't want to eat breakfast at dinner time. I think there's absolutely something to be said for popularity being worth artistic merit, and I think there's absolutely no problem with somebody saying, I want to make money and I want to do it uh, playing music, because that's what they want to do for a living. That's their job. Um, I want to make a magazine for a living. I want to make money doing it because that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to do something that makes me happy. Now, of course, in music, sometimes people get paid and sometimes they don't. You can spend the rest of your life doing something you love, making music and not making a single dime. But you'd go to work somewhere else every single second. And there'd be nothing wrong if the switch got flipped there and they were allowed to go and do what they want to do for a living for and get paid for it. Um, so I, I think there's a certain value of it, but I certainly wouldn't say that um, it's the only defining factor in what makes a band good or not is how popular they are. But I certainly have no problem with people considering um, somebody artistic if, the, uh, if they're just because they're popular. Um, that's not to say everybody's great or everybody is um, artistically talented just because they're popular, but they're certainly not mutually exclusive.
0: But I'm hoping that you're not going to be covering Justin Bieber in Uh, HM Magazine. Hey,
1: we won't be covering not because he's who he is. We won't be covering him because he doesn't fit the niche of our genre. And um, if he were uh, faith-based or was a strong influencer in metal culture, then yeah, I'd cover him. I think it'd it'd be great to hear from him. He has a unique perspective on the world, one that literally maybe 1% of every other human being alive gets to experience. And I'd be more than happy to talk to him about God and see where his beliefs lie. Um, but HM won't cover not, um, because it because obviously we cover a lot of heavy metal and left to center stuff. So uh, he doesn't really fit the mission statement there, but i w I'd love to talk to him. If he ever wants to talk You can give me a call.
0: But of course he is one guy that's actually making money yeah. in the music business. And that's a rarity. He
1: is that you're right about that. He's definitely making money.
0: Who would be your number one choice for an interview for HM magazine?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, somebody that i haven't interviewed already Uh, i've gotten to meet a lot of the idols that i grew up listening to you know that that influenced me and my listening habits i mean i I think august burns red's messengers is one of the greatest metal albums ever put out in the history of music and i'm good friends with matt kreiner the drummer so (laughs) it's tough to answer because i've done a lot of interviews over my life if Let's see. If I could interview anybody right now, I would probably want to interview somebody that affected metal music in a large way. Um, somebody that's an it, that is a current influencer in how kids think, whether that's secular or not. So I guess I'm giving you qualities there. But um, to be honest with you, in the cover of our October issue has corn on it, and. Corn. I listened to all growing up. They were a strong, strong influence in my life. And as a lot of people know the story of Brian Head Welch, he left the band eight years ago um, after he became a born-again Christian and went on and did his own band, Love and Death, and uh, they Corn came back together and released a new record um, earlier in October uh, with him as one of the main songwriters on it. And he's still um, a believer. In fact, the bassist, his name is Reggie, uh, a lot of people know him as Fieldy, He's a believer as well, and they have a unique perspective on life. And the opportunity to interview them because I was, you know, early junior high listening to corn, trying to figure out how I can get enough money to buy a seven-string guitar just because I wanted to be like them. (laughs) Um, And then I got the opportunity to get fly to Los Angeles and hang out with them and talk to them. So I think that that's a pretty strong and powerful influencer there. And um, I've been blessed that I've been have the opportunity to even go out there and talk to these people and um, let them tell their story through the pages of our magazine.
0: That's a bit of a coup, being able to claim corn for your cover of the magazine.
1: Uh, It's a good get, but they're good people. Um, I actually Mm -hmm. met Brian Head, as people know him, in Sunshine Festival in Wilmar, Minnesota, in the middle of nowhere this past summer. And uh, he was performing with his band Love and Death. He was closing um, the HM stage that night, and uh, he was up against Skillet. And the first thing he said when he went up on stage was, I wish there were more people here, but I guess that's what happens when you go up against Skillet. And he's very right. Skillet is a very big artist right now, and he kind of got stuck with his band playing against them. But we had a good time anyway. Um, he's a wonderful dude. The, the band as a whole was, was great as well. So uh, check it out. Read it, read about it. It's a wonderful story. Good. Head is what we call a Christian mystic. You know Sleeping Giant, yeah? Oh, yeah. So They're very um, charismatic. Very charismatic. Um, Head is a little like that. I mean, he's an emotional guy. He comes from an emotional place, and he had to go through some awful, awful things to find happiness and to find salvation. You know, Some of us are a lot luckier in that we don't have that, – that our bottom, that our lowest of the low isn't as low as his was. Um, right. And to be saved from something like that, a lot of times it's something that people who haven't hit that low understand. Um, it's not it's not a pissing match trying to figure out who's you know who had the worst experience compared to the other person or anything like that. But when I talk to mm-hmm. him, he's he's very alive with the sense of of God and music, and it doesn't surprise me that he would want to take that and you know go and shout it from the mountaintops, you know try to get that somewhat Christian tinged interview on his sites, you know, but to make sure that um, that it's public that people are reading it and knowing mm-hmm. about it. Um, he's, he's very much a show-and-tell guy. He wants mm-hmm. to hang out with you. He, wants you, he wants to interact with you, and he wants to talk to you about it and say, hey, no, the reason I'm this way is because of you know this. It's in stark contrast to the way that Fieldy approaches his faith. Fieldy's a dad of like five kids, and uh, you know, he, he treats his music kind of like a job. He goes to work, he puts in the time, he still loves the music, but he's not like a go-out-of-your-way-and-kind-of-smile-at-everybody type of guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not his personality. Um, doesn't make him any less of a believer. But it's, uh, it's interesting to hang out with the group as a dynamic because, I mean, they've known each other since God knows how long, you know, forever. They're pretty cool people. The, the new corn record is definitely heavy. I think the Never Never song track, that this the song that came out was um, was kind of wussy, and I told him that, and he said that they actually had, an, not an argument, but they were definitely trying to figure out, you know, some of the band wanted to release that as the first single, some of them didn't because it was so light. But the actual record Mm -hmm. itself is nothing like that song. And they know that um, they're just being very smart as as a band.
0: Okay, it must be a tough job being in charge of a magazine. Nowadays, a lot of print publications have gone by the wayside, and now so many are going to a digital format, much as HM has. But is that a positive or a negative, going into a digital format instead of print? Oh,
1: man. Um, For us, it's been a positive simply for financial reasons. I did not make the decision to go all digital. That was Doug's decision. He made that decision at the end of 2011, the beginning of 2012. um, And it was purely financial. The magazine costs a lot of money to produce month to month. And um, so much so that uh, he was putting out magazines quarterly instead of monthly. A personal belief of mine is that consistency can kill a magazine. You know, if you're putting it out every two months, every three months, every one month, and he, if people know when they're going to get it. They're going to stop relying on it or stop going to it, and you know, c- kind of stop going to the well. So um, the best thing to do for him at the time was just to give it up, uh, give up the printing, make it monthly and start putting it out as often as you can. Of course, Doug, you know, he has, a, he has a huge network, but he was working essentially as a one man band and um, it just kind of got to him and he knew his time had come and he didn't want to see it go away. Uh, and neither did I, so that's kind of where I stepped in. Now, with that said, I would love to go back to print if we could, but it is very expensive. I've had almost every single person that's been a big fan of HM has asked for it back in person, meaning they would like to see it come back into print. And I, I would love to bring it back into print, but it, financially it's not feasible right now. We have incredible results with our online magazine. A lot more people are feeling comfortable reading it on their iPad or their iPhone, which you can do right now. But at the end of the day, if when the finances come in and we can sustain that kind of we can sustain that model we'll definitely do it again but in in the meantime we're seeing strong results from the digital only magazine so we will continue to move forward with that but most importantly we're not we didn't go away which is kind of the the biggest worry for uh, most people myself included Um, as a fan of the magazine that I grew up reading now that I run um, I didn't want to see it go away either so um, that's the most important thing we are still going on and we're actually getting stronger than ever
0: And it's not just popularity. I mean, realistically, HM Magazine is probably one of the most influential in the whole business.
1: Uh, Especially for our niche, I would like to think so. I would like to be an influencer. I would like to help mold men and mold young women to be better, stronger Christians and believers and to kind of cut the crap on whatever may stand between them and their brother and sister or them and God. Um, them in their lifestyles. Um, so, if I'm blessed to be an influencer using the magazine as that method, I can only pray that God will use me in the best way possible. Um, and I hope that that happens. So far, we've seen a really good return on the, on what I've done, which leads me to believe that, um, you know, we're doing something right. All success, of course, is a reflection of Him. And if there's any way that I could give back, I'm going to do that. So, hopefully, I can keep on giving back.
0: Absolutely. Well, now, crystal ball time. What does the future hold for yourself and for HM?
1: Well, there is in there is a five-year plan and there is a 10-year plan. And um, in, in the long run, we've kind of already touched on it. I would like to get back to print. I think that's in the plans, but there is no set timetable on that. In the past, we've covered exclusively Christian artists. We will continue to do that, but there will be times when we actually do touch on pop culture or culture things that cross the the line of secular and non-secular. And I think Korn is a perfect example in that to ignore the state of metal simply because it's a secular thing would be like putting your head in the sand because kids are going to listen to that music regardless because it's good metal music. They want to listen to good metal music. And if those bands are getting popular, whether they're whether merit artistically or not, they're still popular and they're still influencers. And I think it's important that we make sure we go in and cover that accurately and that's why our mission statement says that and that we can portray and bring to people that are reading the magazine the truth about these bands and do it from a faith based perspective so it, I hope in the immediate future we can continue that trend and then in the long run do things like um, get back to print we're working on updating our iPhone app so that uh, you can just grab that for like 99 cents and get every single issue for the rest of eternity uh, <laughs> down, down through that app you know just a number of things like that um, we're working on uh, launching a clothing line that's, that's owned by HM itself as a way to help with costs and another way to make money to help run the magazine. Because um, I don't think a lot of people know this, but literally every single dollar that they spend on a T-shirt or that they come out and buy at a, at a concert or something like that goes directly back to the magazine. I don't pay myself. I pay, try to pay all the writers first. I try to make sure that everybody's getting taken care of because we want to put out some high-quality content, the best content we can. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to make sure that we can do that as best as possible, especially in the short term.
0: Last but not least, what's been your most interesting experience at HM? I mean, besides speaking with the antidote, of course.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that's number one on the list. The second on the list would be, um, I think the most fun that I had, and I think this is very important for all parents who are listening, um, I'm 30 years old, and when I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian bubble like a lot of people that listen to Christian music. However, my heart was always drawn to metal music. I was listening to Korn, Deftones, Pantera, um, early Metallica, bands like that that had a huge, profound influence on me simply because that's the type of music that I enjoy. I didn't know that there was a whole Christian subculture of this going on simply because when I was forced to go to church, I was forced to go and listen to the worship, the praise and worship music, which... You know, listening, looking back is great. It's just really hard for a kid to sit through. I mean, I'm an early teenager, you know, I've got all these emotions and I want to, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to Rage Against the Machine and I'm not allowed to. It just, you know, it just kind of boils up inside you. So I would go and find anything to listen to. Well, part of the reason HM exists is to provide that outlet so people know, hey, here are a bunch of bands that are legit. And if you're looking for bands that, you know, maybe non-secular, maybe you can read about them and understand why they are the way they are. And see that God's hand works through people, whether they're Christians or not. Um, and so my mother uh, now treats me not like a son, but like a friend, which um, has been a wonderful experience getting to know my mom on a, you know, as an adult. But I asked her at the beginning of the summer, said, Hey, we've got a bunch of festivals coming up this summer, and um, you know, HM sponsors a lot of stages across the country. It Would be interesting to go any of them, and she said, Absolutely. So for the first time in my life, my mother and I, we flew out to Minneapolis, Minnesota. We rented a car, drove about two and a half hours over west to Wilmar, Minnesota for the Sunshine Festival. And she spent the entire time with earplugs in at the merch table. It's in this old hockey rink. Um, It gets sweaty. It gets humid. The kids dance. They do their moves. uh, And it gets, you know, certainly loud. And you see all types of people come through there. And for the first time ever, my mom got to watch and experience a concert, um, these people and talk to them that she had never done before. And when it was all over and we spent in a couple hours driving back to the airport, she started to divulge to me that her eyes were open, that, you know, the people aren't all that bad. They don't, you know, for her cussing was a big thing. So none of them were cussing. And it was cool for her as a hippie growing up to see a bunch of metalheads run around and dance crazy and run into each other and slam and scream. And none of them would say a bad word or would only do things like, um, say hello or pat her on the back or give her a hug or pray for her. And uh, I got to bring her up on stage a couple times and she helped me throw some of the shirts out to the fans. Um, and afterward, when she would sit at the table a bunch of kids would come by and say, it's so cool that you're a mom that um, loves to listen to metal music. And it's, you, you know, you're so cool. I'm, you know, I totally respect you and all this other kind of stuff. And she finally put two and two together. It just took her, you know, much longer than a lot of other parents out there. Of course, like I said, I'm 30 And if anybody's listening to this and their child is 12, 13, 14 years old, especially boys, um, they're going to go out and they're going to find that music. They're going to listen to it whether you like it or not. I promise you that. And it would be great to embrace it and let the child become somebody they need to become and to trust that God's hand works through them. I mean, it's amazing to watch them grow up. They're going to make their mistakes and they're going to cuss and they're going to find drugs to get into and they're going to smoke cigarettes and it's going to (laughs) happen. And it's just a part of the growing process and one of the best things I ever got to experience was the fact that now as an adult I got to hang out with my mom at a metal concert and in the car afterwards she said I finally get it and it's better than her never getting it but if it takes 30 years and it takes 30 years and um, now we're closer because of it so I think that was probably the coolest moment that I've ever had working for HM in any respect.
0: So it really took you thirty years to find out that your mom really is cool.
1: <laughs> my mom's always been really cool. She's, she's been a great mom. She just, I, I'm, this isn't a conversation about parenting, and I'm not a parent, so I have no room to talk. But um, I definitely believe in you know you're a parent first, and then you're a friend. So I'm glad that my parents parented me first, and then became my friends later. But uh, that's, I guess, a conversation for a whole other phone call. <laughs> we still cover indie artists for sure. I think that's intensely important in today's internet day and age. Um, If we didn't cover indie artists, we wouldn't have some of the best artists around. I mean, some of the even like secular bands like Born of Osiris, who went out and put out a phenomenal Mm. record, but are we not supposed to cover it because it's independent? Heck no. We will fully believe in um, the indie scene, and uh, we just kind of moved it around a little bit.
0: Well, of course, and some of the biggest bands around have gone back to an independent status.
1: Oh, yeah, Exactly. And they found out you know, that they don't so need a middleman or they're a veteran enough to to know how the system works. You know, I mean, why not? If, if you can do it, by all means, get out and get it on your own.
0: How do people find HM?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for us, you can find us at hmmagazine.com. So there's two M's in there. Um, we are not a clothing line. There is no ampersand in there anywhere. Hmmagazine.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Hard Mag. Twitter and Instagram are hm underscore mag. The most important place is hmmagazine.com, and all the links are there anyway, so you can get to anywhere you need to go from there.
0: David, thanks for sharing your insights with The Antidote, and really, I appreciate both you and your magazine.
1: Well, great. Thank you so much. I hope that we can continue to provide up-to-date news, accurate features, and hopefully be a little bit of inspiration for those kids like myself who who may feel like or may be told that metal is a bad thing. It's not. It's great. It's awesome, and you should continue rocking. Keep your head banging, and there's some really, really good stuff out there.